Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Well, welcome back as we head into we do each Wednesday. We check in with our congressman uh, representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, David Schweikert. One re-election. Thank you for your service, David. Thanks for running again. Thanks for being with us. How are you? Uh, only one question. How yes. did you decide the sound of a cowbell would be like your branded intro? Well, two reasons. <laughs> two reasons. It's a good question. One, we always need more cowbell. I think yep. we learned that a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And second, I have always thus opened up with um, with, with good hard-driving rock, which usually is going to be ACDC or Van Halen. Now, I know you don't know what either of those two bands no, are, I know but that's are. the I answer. I don't necessarily like it. <laughs> I can explain it. I can't maybe, help maybe you understand up, it. You know, maybe being in high school in the 70s where there was so much um, very loud music. Uh... <laughs> what do you want me to open with? Chuck Mangione? Day? <laughs> Come on. You, you, got a prob- you got a problem with Chuck? No, I don't. I just don't think it's <laughs> anyhow, sir. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of, I want to tease you for a moment. Remember a week ago? Yeah, we talked. Yeah, and I remember you were a bit worried about me. Yeah, and I kept saying, "Look, it's going to be really close." Yeah, that's the nature of this district. Yeah, we had really good data, really good polling. Yeah, Um, did I not tell you the truth? You did. You told me the truth. We're proud of you. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm more than well, happy. But, and you've got two more. Co- the, you've got two more Republican colleagues going well, back to it, Washington with you. Look, I'm, uh, for Arizona, uh, I, I'm terrified that the legislature is just controlled functionally by a single seat in each house. Is that is that what the result is? One in each yeah, locally. That's yeah. what I think. That's yeah. what it looks like, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm I'm heartbroken about a number of these offices. Yeah. But. There is one upside, and that is, you know, for the last couple of years, I've been serving with five Democrats and four of us right. who are Republicans. That's right. Now it's now it's six three. Yeah, uh, people need to understand how important it is for you to have a delegation uh, where you're in the majority, where it's where you where you have political friends working with you. I mean, it well, is so important. And it's been always very hard to try to explain to you know our friends who are just passionate. And saying, why don't you fix this? Yeah. And you try to explain, yeah. as long as the Democrats hold the majority in the House of Representatives, that House of Representatives is a majoritarian body. Yep. You have the majority, you make all the rules. You don't let the minority, unlike the Senate, where a single senator on yeah. either side can at least screw with them. Yeah, you, you can know, put on holds and all that. The House, yeah. you're in the minority, you're crushed. You have, you know, the, the Democrats in their dystopian management of this place made it so we couldn't even offer amendments. We, we functionally didn't exist. And now it looks like we're going to be back in the majority. I want to talk to you about that, but i got to explain, tell you something. Maybe you'll find this a little interesting, David. I, I, think, it tells, I think it explains a lot. So I was, uh, just before you got on, I was checking out whether we knew if we had a majority in the House of Representatives or not. And I went into the, uh, the search engine, uh, the Google machine, and typed in, 
uh, House of Representatives majority. There is only one news outlet that highlighted with the headline Republicans win House majority, and it was People magazine. New York Times had two different stories. The Washington Post had a different story. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution had a different story. The Hill had a different story. It's amazing. CNN had a different story, something about the Cherokee Nation. It's amazing how much they don't want to print, even if it's premature officially, how much they're trying to to avoid acknowledging the fact that we're probably in the majority now. Oh, no. And we are. And there's a couple California seats that the late-arriving vote continue to tick our way Mm -hmm. so there might be a katie porter Mm -hmm. surprise Mm -hmm. a couple other opportunities that are heading our direction out there Mm -hmm. so um we sit here slightly puckered up and wait for it all to get done what a couple uh mechanical explanations um and i and i forget i i have to learn it every two years i forget it how does the house republican uh caucus elect its 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 um its committee chairs or is it by seniority how how do how do we do it no unlike the democrats um we use a steering committee process okay and the steering committee process is like 36 38 members Mm -hmm. so you get a combination of regional you know groups so um and i think debbie lesko we're supporting her to run to represent our region so our region will be like four western states okay or five western states okay and each where texas has so many republican members they get two regional representatives Mm -hmm. so you have that then you have um, certain um, members of leadership, and the speaker typically gets two votes, and the president of the freshman class gets one vote. So you're trying to get a representation both geographically and also institutionally. And then members come in and make their pitch, saying, I want to be chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Mm-hmm. And we have three people running for chair of the Ways and Means Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the, now, they're the three most senior members. Mm-hmm. And they'll walk in and make their pitch, and here's my plan, and that steering committee will vote. Mm -hmm. Then once all that's done, those committee chairmen sort of get seats on the steering committee, and then they start going through, um, are there any senior members who are asking to change the committee they're on? Mm -hmm. So remember, I moved from financial services to ways and means several years ago just because um, I thought my tax expertise and tax reform was critical for for growth. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't make the ec- economy work without major changes, so I moved to the committee I thought would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit rare. Often you get into a committee and you stay there because you're trying to build up seniority within the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, that's often how you get your subcommittees. Uh, but like for the freshman class or for the sophomore class, because often the sophomore class is punished saying, you're new here, you get small business, and after you do small business for a couple of years, then you might get a seat on the financial services. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and, and why this is important, some of these committees are really complex. Yeah. I mean, learn the securities market. <laughs> um, learn securitization of debt. Learn Dodd-Frank. Um, you know, some of these are hundreds of hours of reading. That's the thing most folks don't understand. Um, I, I probably read five hours a night just to know what the hell's going on just in the tax code. Yeah, yeah, just in one area. Yeah, just probably one area on the tax. Well, one other thing, uh, clear this up for me. Uh, Let me sleep easily tonight, David. Please give me a good answer to this. Uh, Floating around, flying around is this notion that even if we win 
there's this weird reason Nancy Pelosi could still be speaker. What What is this about? I have no idea. Okay. People make crap up all the time. Okay, good. You know, well, once you get, look, if you have 218 votes on the floor of the House on opening day of the session, as the Constitution speaks, um, you know, you control the uh, speakership. Um, now, this is not going to make some people happy. Is there a theory but, maybe that some Republicans would vote for a Democratic speaker? That's not going to happen. No, no. I mean, there'll be all sorts of theories yeah, of, okay. oh, I want this person, or we want to defeat the Republican speaker on the first ballot to, yeah. to bloody him up a bit so he's nicer to me, or he once didn't compliment my new shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, you get a lot of this. Mm-hmm. The, the ugly reality, and, and, and a lot of folks don't want to hear this, the modern speaker is not Tip O'Neill. They're right. not sitting in the right. chair right. presiding over the right. fights and those things. Right. The modern speaker's on a damn airplane running around the country raising money. Right. Why do you think Nancy Pelosi is speaker? Good, I mean, mo- good Kevin, fundraiser. Ke- damn good Ke- fundraiser. It's about money. And yeah. Kevin McCarthy just raised a half a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And he's – look, he's a fairly decent guy. He's a decent guy. He is a conservative. But more importantly, he – is willing to work with those of us who are also conservatives. Um, you always John haven't. Boehner, you haven't always had that, by the way, have no, you? Oh, look, John Boehner threw me off a committee. Years there you ago, go. Remember, yeah, yeah. which is actually why the Freedom Caucus. That's started. right. That's um, right. And 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 certain people were into wedge. Hey, I'm going to line up my people against you. There's others when we're going to have a really tight majority. We got to work together, whether you like it or not. I'm going to have to sit down with the person from New York who might be a really moderate Republican, and we've got to figure out how to make things work. It's just the nature of the body now, you know, when you might only have a couple votes to spare. I um I have to. Do you have to run? I have to take a quick commercial break. I'll, no, no, we're good. Because like I, to, I would love to talk to you about with this majority what what you see the agenda being, the priorities of the agenda being. Can we talk about well, that on the other side? Yeah, and I'd also talk like to talk a little bit about the election. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please. Uh, absolutely. That would be great. I'm Seth Liebson. He's David Schweikert. Uh, we're going to send his uh, chief of staff our playlist. And uh, it'll give uh, it'll give all of the members of Congress, if he'll share it, more cowbell. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Representative Schweikert. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Representative David Schweikert is our guest. We wanted to see if we can cover a couple of things here, uh, David, with you. Thank you for staying with us. First, with the majority, what do you see the priorities uh, being uh, from the House of Representatives? Well, I mean, first, do your best to stop the craziness. And number two, try to understand what's actually gone on the last couple of years. Um, Look, our first battles are going to be what are the Democrats going to try to run out of here in what we call lame duck? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a lot of members who are not coming back. Um, there's a certain perversity I worry about of members trying to push things, vote for things, um, fund things. And then a year from now, that's who they end up working for um, because they've left Congress. Um, how much spending? We have a couple tax extenders that are done. We've cleaned up much of that mess. The problem is um, if something over here costs a half a billion dollars over 10 years and the Democrats want $20 billion in new social spending. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to hang tough on a lot of those negotiations. 
Um, and we have some leverage there because we can slow things down with some of our Senate colleagues. So first we've got to get through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then as soon as the new year begins, um, what will the Senate look like? You know, has Herschel Walker won? Is the Senate, you know, back to being tied again? Um, which is still pretty miserable because with the vice president's vote, you know, the Democrats get to control the Senate. Yeah. Um, and we take we start running. You know, it, we, it is important we that we effort that Herschel Walker seat, though, right? I, I mean, because so many different things could happen. For, I remember in 94 when people like Nighthorse Campbell and Shelby changed part. I oh, mean, yeah. it, it, you, you don't plan on that. But, you know, it's important. It's it's much better to have have the 50-50 than the, than the 49-51, right? Very much so. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it provides a certain leverage. Yeah. Um, and then we need to understand um, – what what happened? So, like oversight in the Ways and Means Committee, mm-hmm. we think some of the stealing of the unemployment money during COVID, mm-hmm. of some of the aid to businesses, may be the largest fraud mm-hmm. in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Now, the Democrats have no interest in investigating hundreds of billions of dollars of disappeared money. We obviously will. So, th- there's lots of things like that. So, our committee will do things on the taxes and I'm playing, you know, things in ways and means oversight. Um, judiciary will do things in regards to what has the FBI done? What mm-hmm. have they not investigated? What have mm-hmm. they not, you know, they'll, they'll, there'll be the Hunter Biden discussions. There'll be all sorts of other things. Um, and each committee will have its area of um, research, investigation, and it's just to provide transparency, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and hold the administration accountable mm-hmm. because they, I believe they've done some absolutely crazy things mm-hmm. that have gotten almost no press coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the way to generate media attention on it or at least give more people well, information and, on all And these. then there's the policy side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What can we do regulatory-wise, mm-hmm. tax code-wise, mm-hmm. trade-wise, mm-hmm. Um, locking down the border-wise, using the appropriations bills, to demand um, border security. Um, now, some of that may require trade, mm-hmm. where the administration says they'll not veto a bill if they get something else. And, and we'll have to sort of measure out, are those trades worth uh, worth it? Mm-hmm. 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 Now, you said you wanted to say a few words about the election as well, yeah. David. Yeah. Uh, what, can what's I encourage everyone... Everyone out there thinks they understand what happened in this election. I need you to take a breath because we're just, just starting to get the data. Um, and there's this thing called a postmortem after an election. Mm-hmm. And it's not about our feelings. It's not about what we think happened. It's about what the data tells us. And we're going to get some amazing data. I'm starting to see some polling and then... Um, uh, exit data, and then be now being matched up with how people actually voted in those precincts. Mm-hmm. And we'll start to line it up. Mm-hmm. And we'll see the difference in candidates. Um, why did some areas vote this way, some areas voted that way? Um, it, it takes weeks to put together. But um, we're, we're going to be professionals about this. We're going to, there was, you know, understand there were billions of Billions of dollars spent around this country mm-hmm. on this election. Think about it. hundreds of millions spent just on ads in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's time we uh, we approach this and understand why didn't it work as well as we thought it should, mm-hmm. 
And also why in some of the federal races, right? Why in some of these House races was the vote so much bigger or greater than uh, for the Republicans than other um, Republicans, right? Preliminarily, Mm -hmm. it looks like I outperformed um, almost everyone else on the ticket within Arizona Congressional District 1. Right. Why? Right. Is it we did something different in our message? Was it how we delivered our message? Um, We all think we know, (laughs) but until you start to lay out the data, and then once we have it, we can't pretend it's not real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're going to have to do beyond in just this state is is take a look at it nationally, too, don't you think, David? Um, there is something to be said for a, for, a, for a national message from the Republican Party. A lot of people are complaining that we didn't have the national message we're used to having, or at least we didn't have a unifying yeah, uh, national I, message. I know they're complaining, but uh, some of that just isn't true. Okay. Um, you had the problem of you had candidates in parts, certain parts of the country that kept running over the message. Okay. So um, in Florida, look, okay, how often have you heard the term Democrats? seem to get a memo in the morning, and they all say Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Um, Republicans get a memo in the morning, and then they run off and say whatever <laughs> okay. the hell they want to say. Okay, all right. And, and that becomes a problem. But it's also trying to understand, like, why does someone become a Republican activist? Yeah. Number one reason is they want to be heard. Mm-hmm. They, want, they want their voices to be heard. Um, I'm seeing a, a fascinating study of why do people become a Democrat activist. Mm-hmm. It's because they hate us. Mm-hmm. Very different motivation. Yeah. But that hate means they fixate on winning elections. Our folks fixate on being heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I, I have to take a, a, a break I can't get out of here, but let's let's look deeper into what we'll know more next week when we visit on some of that data. And I want to look into this thing uh, that you're talking about, too, with your race and the other congressional races. Uh it looks like, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, in our in our House Republican races, uh, the House Republican candidates won fifty thousand more votes than some of our statewide candidates. So let let's talk about that too next week. I'm sure we'll have more data to deal with when we do. Perfect. Thank you, David Schweiker. And again, congratulations. And again, thank you for doing it. It's a hard it's a hard fought race. It was a hard-fought race. This stuff ain't easy. Thank you for doing it, David, and thanks for representing us and always checking in. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Inflation is slamming retirees, throwing retirement budgets into chaos. Inflation at a 40-year high. The dollar isn't going as far as it did just months ago. Enter Bingo Reverse Mortgage. A reverse mortgage could be the safety net you need to get through these hard times by allowing you to convert the equity in your home into cash. A reverse mortgage could put more money in your pocket for living expenses, help you fight inflation, make your investments last longer, and give you the security in your retirement that you deserve. Call the veteran-owned and veteran staff Bingo Reverse Mortgage team at 928-277-4476. That's 928 928- Two seven seven four four seven six, or visit them at bingoreversemortgage.com. That's bingoreversemortgage.com. Mention you heard from me, you heard about them from me, and you get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing, a $1,000 value. Roger is in Tempe. Roger, thank you for your patience. 
Well, no problem. I enjoy listening to the stuff. Thank you. Gonna, uh, I thought it was funny that you were talking to uh, your first guest about Target. Oh, no, it was John. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all of the problems they're having. And I thought the one thing you didn't mention is woke culture. Mm-hmm. All of these major corporations that went woke four or five years ago, I believe, I'm trying to be patient here, but I believe it's because people are fed up hearing it. And it just occurred to me, what's the one thing you hate when you go through the tunnel at It's a Small World? Well, I haven't been in that tunnel in a long time. What is it? The song. Oh, the song. It's a small world after after all. Okay. Yep. Okay. So what have we been hearing for the past four or five years, over and over. I work in the corporate world. I, I'm not in the office corporate part of it, but I work for a large corporation. Mm-hmm. And, oh, all the time, every time they put up a new banner, it's, a, you know. Oh, sure. It's one of these You're absolutely culture right. Things. Yeah, you're absolutely And right. then you walk into a store, and what do they got going on there, you know? It's a lecture. Uh, it's a, it, yeah, yep. it's a lecture. You're, you're so absolutely I'm, right I'm about that. that I'm thinking that people are finally starting to think, this is enough. I've had enough of this, you know. In the first place, those people weren't discriminated against anyway. They just wanted attention. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I'm not. I'm saying those people, I mean the whole gambit. Yeah. The, the LBG. Yeah, no, all of it. Yeah, the, no, there was, yes, yeah. uh, absolutely. We, we, we yeah. were raising the elevation and level and noise and of complaint, of the, and no one was, they were pushing against an open door. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, boy, it became important, and here we are. And then I thought it was funny that the guys that you were talking to before Schweiker were basically saying the same kind of stuff that the uh, Democrats have, and, and uh, oh, JT on the feelings versus started. facts issue. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't hurt anybody's feelings. The military's gone that way, and all of this. What do it, they call it? It, 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 it tends to run only in one direction. Interestingly enough, though, doesn't it? I mean, there yeah. are a lot of sensibilities, yeah. a lot of uh, shall we say traditional, or uh, yeah, that's a pretty good word for it. A lot of traditional sensibilities. Uh, we're 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 expected to be, and uh, I guess uh, it's a delight on the other side to offend our sensibilities that, all the time in yes, the public square. And, yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect phrase, too. We are expected yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. conforming to this yeah. stuff. And yeah. it, I just think that it's finally, and I, you, you know, you guys are talking about the kids and all that stuff, too. And I agree. They're, you know, our thing that we need to do with the schools is get back in there and shut this stuff out, like uh, Tom Horn said. This whole thing is get the schools back to academics. Yeah, absolutely. Culture. Yeah. yeah. You know. A- a- absolutely. Uh, no, I, you're absolutely right about all of this, Roger. And by the way, uh, Tom's still in the hunt here. He's another good example of someone who's who who gave, uh, you know, voters a message uh, that I think is the one that has resonated the most successfully, which is that this is a battle for our culture and our children. It's a children's crusade. It's a parent's crusade, a parent's rights crusade. And a children's brains and souls crusade. I, I, I think that's what this is about. This is what was so damn offensive to us all throughout 2020. 
I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, the other thing I think you're absolutely right about is, um, you know, the conservative uh, message in the corporation is just it's non-existent. Uh, we are supposed to take a second seat. And it's not the fact that's important at the corporation, the non-discriminatory fact. It's that we have to parade it and wave a flag about it and virtue signal about it. But uh, try holding a prayer meeting at these corporations. Try holding a Bible study during lunch hour on corporate property. See what happens. See how far you get with that. Thanks, Roger. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. We check in every Wednesday with our constitutional and elections expert and attorney, Brett Johnson. He's a partner with the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm. SWLaw.com is their website, based here locally, offices across the country. Um, Brett Johnson, thank you. I bet you're a tired man. <laughs> I bet you're a tired man. They're keeping you pretty busy, are they? Yeah, I think I, you know, with uh, um, Arizona. I mean, on I, I, every show, I always say there, you know, there's always a link back to Arizona. Yeah, I mean, there it is. It yeah. seems like we 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 constantly are, are are in the mix here in Arizona. You know, I guess it's for. Um, uh, it, it, it is an interesting time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, what did Lincoln say? <laughs> he said sometimes it's like the man being ridden out of town on a rail, but for the honor of it, maybe next time we'll just pass it up if that's okay. <laughs> and, uh, that, and, and, and hopefully that happens. Yeah, and hopefully that <laughs> happens. Uh, Brett, big word, um, uh, big word in the news today and across all of our radar screens, curing your ballot, curing the ballot. What What is going on here? What are we talking about? Yes. So there, there, I mean, unfortunately, cure means a lot of different things. And with the law, it is, you know, as murky as mud in many cases. But uh, curing the ballot basically means is that something went wrong with the ballot process. And, um, and you, you have the ability under law to, to correct it. But there are only certain things that you're able to correct um, and therefore cure. So, for example, if you mailed in your ballot, um, and this is not just Arizona specific. There's a, a lot of air, a lot of different states have different laws on how to cure, but there's some general kind of formalities and 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 whatnot. So, but the the main one here in Arizona, at least, is is that if you fail to sign your ballot, your early ballot, and you put it in the mail, a lot of people do it, um, and and then it gets it gets sent to the recorder's office. And it won't be processed because it doesn't have a signature to compare. A requirement by law is that it is, it is signed either by you or somebody who, if you're not able to, somebody who's um, doing it on your behalf. And obviously that's all, all, all process in itself. But when that happens, the county required by law to try to contact the voter and come in and cure. And, and what they could do is they could say, hey, listen, your vote didn't count. Now you can either go on Election Day and vote there or you can come down and, and sign the ballot or sign the envelope. Uh, but that only was allowed up until 7 o'clock on Election Day. Otherwise, you didn't send in a good, good ballot, and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Then there's the secondary process, and this is what everybody's been scrambling for, is is that there is, you know, um, especially probably you and me, Seth, I mean, I, I've been at age 18 when I went in and, and, and signed up for my first time to, to be able to get a ballot in the mail, is, is my signature has maybe changed. And so the signature may not be correct. Oh, obviously, yeah. the count, mm -hmm. okay, and so then they all contact you there, too, and ask you to, to, to verify your identification, verify that you sent it in, and that's also curing. So if there's a question about your ballot, and that is for today. Today is, today is the last day the to be able to do that. The sand is winding down, yeah. 
It's winding down. The clock, the clock is ticking. But then there's a, a few other ones. When you're at the election site, I forgot my identification. Right. Okay. Right. Under those circumstances, you get a conditional provisional in many states and say, listen, you have a certain period of time to cure. Again, today is the day. You bring your identification down to the county recorder's office or the county elections department. You, uh, you show your identification, and then that, that conditional provisional ballot would be counted. Again, today is the last day. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of reasons, and you'll see that this in in um, in Twitterverse and you know online and and emails and phone calls because there has been lists about that have been sent to the campaigns and the political parties and there has been now a race by both both political parties to try to get as many of their ballots cured mm-hmm. you know obviously they're seeing who's on the list they're a Republican or they're a Democrat we, that presumption is is you're voting for the candidate um, in your party and so that's why everybody is is raced to the cure you know uh, and um, so stealing speak. somebody yeah. else's yeah no no that. no but I get it yeah <laughs> I mean especially with the time winding down I think you have about 12 minutes to do it if I'm not mistaken it, it, exactly yeah. but there's something separate I want people to confuse but I think just as important there is a m- movement and both parties do it is is that if you had a problem processing your vote or you have a concern about the about how whether or not your vote actually counted at, at the uh, ballot and there's a lot of different reasons that that um, occurred and obviously there were some some issues with a printer and there were some issues with how the the county more importantly how maybe the different different election officials handled it and so there is also a movement to basically contact either a campaign or contact the recorder slash elections department and report your experience mm-hmm. right and that is important for election attorneys because in case that it, uh, of the elections going to recount or there's a question about the election so you're going to see a lot of that also in the news I'll be honest with you. Always be careful about what your um, information you're giving to somebody over the telephone because it might not necessarily be a person who you want to give information. So, again, my recommendation to people is to verify who you're talking to on the phone or who you're clicking through. Mm -hmm. Don't get into a cybersecurity issue. And a Nigerian prince (laughs) is not going to need a million dollars to make sure your ballot is counted in Arizona. Just want to point that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. Now, on this curing and what will result uh, from it, it's it's I I guess some of this will decide whether there's going to be an automatic recount or not. It looks like the AG race, maybe superintendent. Is there another race that we're looking at, or am I wrong about those two? No, I think that those two for sure, or not for sure, definitely definitely the AG's race. Um, the superintendent's race that would be a, a triggering point, and I believe that there's one state legislature race here in Arizona um, that would possibly be subject to to recount. So again, as I mentioned last week, it's one half of one percent yeah. of the votes combined yeah. to determine that. But that's why uh, the campaigns have been and, and political parties have been been racing to to try to cure as many ballots as possible to get get those into their column uh, and, quickly. And did I uh, uh, did I hear you right from last week? Um, I think I did, but you clarify if not that when we do these, if and when we do go to these mandated recounts, it doesn't usually change the outcome, even though it was sliver thin. Right? We don't have a lot of that happening did i get you right on that 
You did. I mean, unless there's a problem, of course, right? And, and uh, the hand count audit process will, will do that too. But um, that, that, that has never happened in, in my experience. Um, and, I, and I'm actually having, I'm hard pressed right now to, to find one across the country. It's, it's usually within a, within a small range at the, uh, and it, it allows for a certain deviation. But, um, um, and then that, and that's the reason why for a recount, there's a judge who's overseeing this, like a neutral party, to ensure that there's no shenanigans going on and, okay. and, and making sure that process. And again, this is part of the recount. One thing we didn't talk about last week, all of the machines, so, you know, they're, they're, they are, um, they have to go through a brand new test before there's a recount. So you okay. cannot rely that they were tested before. The machines will be tested and certified again by professional experts, and then they'll be run again um, uh, through the process. Crystal clear, Brett, as always, thank you. I really appreciate it. You make, you make, the, you make the recondite clear. Maybe you can put that on your business card. I think I might. Maybe That's Heather can put it over your, well, yeah, when <laughs> your, the front door mat. <laughs> we make the recondite clear. <laughs> Brett Johnson, thank you. As always, we'll check in with you next week, of course, unless there's a constitutional emergency and we have to break the class and pull the lever on you again. Thank you, sir. Brett Johnson from Smell, Snell & Wilmer. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. Mike in Phoenix. Hello, Mike. Sorry to uh, keep you waiting, Hi. but thank you for your patience. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on. You Seth. bet. You bet. Um, thank you. Yeah. Well, in terms look, in terms of what happened uh, on Tuesday with us, with the GOP losing the governorship, uh, the Secretary of State, and these other offices too. Uh, I think we have, to, you know, blame has to be laid at the feet of where it's deserved. I, I personally, I think that the Republican Party, on the state and maybe even the national level, really messed up big time. Um, yeah, for example, um, I read in Washington Post about a week before the election, I think it was, that there that um, Kelly Ward tweeted out a photo of her doing early voting, voting early, and it's also like she was trying to encourage other Republicans to do it too, even after they had they had urged all Republicans not to. If you look at the uh, at the mail-in and early voting uh, totals for the Democrats versus the Republicans, it's clear that the um, early voting initiative, they had an early voting plan in place or a ground game, and it worked. Uh, and the Republican Party, you know, they just treated uh, – they acted like it was just election day and not election season. Uh, this is very frustrating, and this is not the first time this has happened. It's almost as if that there's a mentality in the party somewhat. Uh, that they want to be token and not actual opposition, that they don't want to hurt, where, want to hold power. They would rather they don't want to win, and and that's you know that has to stop. You know, regardless if if, it, if that's not the case, you know they have to be smarter about this. You know, because they had millions of dollars in place, they were supposed to execute a plan to get us a majority, and didn't. So. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I think there was a lot of confusion on that. Um, I was talking with Schweikert early, David Schweikert a little bit earlier about uh, he was referencing the National Party. Uh, you know, some people got the memo and um, some people got the memo and deviated from it. I think we sent a lot of mixed signals on the early voting thing, a lot, a lot. Um, but I don't think it's just that. I think it's a lot of things. I mean, I think it's an awful lot of things. 
and and the data's coming in. I think we have to look at the candidates that did well beyond a doubt. I think we have to look at the candidates that did well and divide districts, what they did right, what they didn't do right, um, some of the messaging, uh, some of the primary campaigning. I, th- I think we've really got to get a handle on how we deal with primaries and candidate recruitment. I, I, I mean, I think half the battle is lost by the time the primaries are over, to be honest with you. It's not a problem the Democrats seem to have. Why not? Why not? Right. Why well, can't? Because, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because I get the impression that the, that the Democrats are more serious, are a lot more serious about politics than the Republicans. Uh, you they're know, a they, lot more decided example, and definitive. Uh, yeah, I, there's there's something about yeah. it. There's something about it. I have a top of the hour break here, Mike. I can't avoid it. Okay. But um, if you want to call in again tomorrow and complete some of this, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I have a guest coming up. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to talk to Terry Jeffrey. Such an interesting mind. Um, he he. As we're talking about America first, Terry Jeffrey may have been one of the first architects of America first when he uh, created it with the Pat Buchanan in the, I want to say, 96 presidential election, 92 and 96. I'm Seth Leibson. Be right back.